Production. Recorded live. Hi, Tamla. Hi, Z. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. All righty. Forgive me for being late. I had a little rain over here. I don't know if you're oh. in the same area. Oh, no, that's no problem. We're having a snowstorm today, so. Oh, you are? Yeah, yeah we have a snowstorm. Uh, we just started this afternoon. So it's, oh. first it was rain, now it's snow mix. So it's coming down oh. a lot now. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, they yeah. told us we're getting a, a, a noise, um, but primarily, you know, the rain. So, okay. It, I didn't expect it to start so soon, but it did. And then again. Hold on, let me get to my space. Okay. Um, how are you otherwise? Everything okay? Yeah, everything's good. Okay, good. All right. So I did have a chance to go over the call, the, our last okay. call. And we were talking about your dating life and where we pretty much left off was um, your oldest daughter's father mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the baby. Right. I do want to continue to talk about, you know, your choices in men. I don't know. Are there more, I want to say, um, people, not that you would discuss or use for the book, but more examples you would consider for using in the book outside of, your ex-husband and your daughter's father? Um, no, I don't think so, no. Okay. Because, yeah, those are like my two main relationships until currently now. Okay. So I do want to focus on the relationships aspect um, tonight. And, you know, if you'll walk me through everything, you know, from the time you left your your ex husband to the time you met your new one, all you know your current one, all of that kind of stuff. But before we start there, um, you know, we talked about your daughter and her her dad having a strained relationship, mm-hmm. and I just want to know um, what it was like raising her. Any similarities you saw between her and her dad? Or um, you know that you really had to say, okay, I know that I know where that comes from, and I'm gonna have to, you know, make sure that this inherited behavior, if you want to say, doesn't. Mm-hmm. And basically, with that, he was in and out of jail, primary, um, a duration of her life until she was probably 16, and then I oh. think he went back again in jail because he wasn't able to attend her prom party, so his oh. wife and his other children came. So a lot of him not being present was because he was incarcerated. Okay. So how how was your relationship with the wife? How was that? Um, I, I'm the type where as long as everybody's cordial, I'm fine. I just knew it was her senior year, so mm-hmm. he has children with her, so I in turn reached out to Olive Branch and invited her to the event. Um, okay. She did not come. She sent the kids with the grandmother, which is his mom. Um, so, but I did invite her because she could represent him since she's his wife. That's okay. how I, I looked at it. Okay. So um, were there any similar, similar behaviors that your daughter 
had um, that you really you want to say of her from her dad? Um, I think she's like now I hear her mention it more that she has a lot of questions why he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So I think it's still that void there, even though okay. she knew he was in jail. But I think she believes he had more. He reached out to his other children more than he reached out to her. Mm, okay. And then now when she sees him or talks to him, he always asks her about me, which I don't understand <laughs> any of that. <laughs> I you can't know. Yeah, uh, it's like 20 years or 24 years later, and I'm like, what? But mm-hmm. she, and that makes her so angry. She'll say stuff like, he's not even asking me how my day was, and he asked me about you. I'm oh, like, well, boy. I can't answer that. You know, it's like now she's 24, so I don't know why he does that because I don't talk to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is very strange to me that he does that. Okay. And I see All that right. it bothers her. Um, <laughs> yeah. My father does the same thing. I don't understand it, but I won't. But it is what I'm, I'm almost 40. I'm two years, mm-hmm. well, a year and a couple, and a month away from 40. And he, him and my mother haven't been together since she was 16. And I, I, he even has a picture of my mother in his apartment. I don't, I don't understand <laughs> it. It's just crazy. It really is. But, the, I guess but you know, the more around. and more, I did take psychology 101, and they mm-hmm. say your first love is the person that will always stick with you. But he okay. does it to the point where he acts about me in front of his wife to her. So I think it's quite oh. rude. Oh, it is definitely rude. But, you know, <laughs> it's what you allow. So that's that's all yeah, I can it's say. it's what you allow. So mm-hmm. it's like, and this is the stuff she'll come back and tell me. So she does visit, visit them on certain occasions, but it's nothing consistent. And I know okay. he does reach out to her. He reach out to her. Okay, um, but she's stubborn, so it's mm-hmm. like I don't know. I don't. I don't try to get in their adult right adult child relationship at this right. point because she's twenty four. So it's like mm-hmm. you can take it from here. It. Yeah, she could take it from here. Got it. Now um, you answered. You know, you gave me some great things for the uh, book with with uh, your response. But what I really want to know is like. Um, was, did your daughter display any, you know, because when I hear about your ex, about mm-hmm. her dad, it just seems like um, maybe he just couldn't handle pressure or maybe he was immature. Are there any things in her that came from her dad? Like, oh, you got that from your father, and I'm going to have oh, to yeah. work that out of yeah. you. Um, not want to keep a job. Uh, okay. She's on his there's nothing wrong with being an entrepreneur. Don't mm-hmm. I'm 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 in the same field. But right. she doesn't want to do the work to be the entrepreneur. She thinks it's supposed to drop in her lap and he was always the same way. He went into oh, roofing. He was gonna fix cars. He was gonna mm-hmm. do this. So yeah, she gets that from him. No consistency. Okay. That's right. Okay. And yeah, yeah. No consistency. Okay. And how do you combat that? Or do you a not? A lot of talking. A lot of okay. talking. Okay. A lot of talking. Like, mm-hmm. it's like my youngest child is my, should be my oldest daughter's age and my young, she's the youngest child's age. So 
So it's like mm. I do a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot All of talking. All right. You so it's like I can... have to constantly mm-hmm. do a lot of encouraging. Okay. Sheesh. Okay. You think that's something that he had growing up or no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was around him a lot during his younger years. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he um was stubborn, didn't want to uh, commit to anything. Um, mm-hmm. Very argumentative. She has that, that nature, too. Um, okay. So, yeah, those are the things that I see she gets from him. Okay. All right. Um, now, was he encouraged growing up, or did his parents or his mom encourage him uh, to stay in the field that he was in or leave it? I don't know because I'm going to say this. The mom's the same way. She never had a consistent job. So it's like patterns out. But now that I look back on it, she's in her 60s now, and she's just started working two years ago. Ooh. Yeah, that's when you're supposed to be planning to retire. Oh, that's a hard life. That's a hard life. Very hard. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. I understand. Um, okay, so you do you think I've probably asked you this, but let me ask you again. Do you think that we could ever talk too much? Do you think there's a time where talking is not an option? You know, you say you do a lot of talking with your daughter. It, you know, for people. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I do. I think. Um, Sometimes with adult children, you have to scale back. You give them, like, I don't talk at her. I have to talk to her because she mm-hmm. is an adult. So mm-hmm. I would give her advice, but I'll give her her advice throughout the conversation, not giving her advice saying, I told you to do such and such because, like I said, she's at that age, and they're going to make the decision they want to make anyway. Mm-hmm. But I try to label myself and how I carry myself for my daughters mm-hmm. to watch because they're watching no matter what age okay. they are. Right, absolutely. And I think children, oh I know for a fact, children mimic what they see. They they so most certainly do. My prayers is that she gets on the right path. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. And and we can never talk too much. Because, you know, right. we don't do a lot of talking. We do a lot of hand raising, slapping, mm-hmm. give me the bell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but not a lot of talking. What do you think about that? Because back in the day, say something, and I, that was not an option. These days, mm-hmm. we, we do allow our children to express themselves. What do you think about that? What's your opinion about that? My opinion about that is, uh, since we're in a totally different society now, but mm-hmm. these children are more sensitive than we are. We were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I believe it's the suicide rate is so high. You have oh. the shootings, the shootings in the schools. They mm-hmm. can't take much. They um, and they, this goes into the mental health part. Mm-hmm. They have more anxiety rate is higher. Their depression rate is higher. But you have to realize they don't even know how to have a interact with people face to face or communicate because everything is digital. Right. A basic conversation for a children today is a text message. That's not mm. – a text message can come across any kind of way. You don't know any if the person's mad. You don't know if they're upset. You don't know what their tone is. Mm-hmm. Versus us, we were on the three-way. So we knew. Yeah. 
Exactly what, what you meant when how, you said how our person felt or we we go back to the era where we hung up the phone. You know you got hung up on. They yes. usually say it was a drop or drop call. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said they're more sensitive now. That's why it's all the cyberbullying and that type mm-hmm. of thing because they're in a the digital world, so they don't know how to take it. And if someone okay. wants to say something negative to them, they're going to a depression or a suicide or all mm-hmm. these other number of things they're dealing with. Do you think a lack uh, – so you think a lack of – that face-to-face interaction is what they're missing? Is that what attributes mm-hmm. to their sensitivity? Yes, that's one reason why I started Brown Girls Read, because mm-hmm. it's so important to have social skills. It goes okay. along with you for um, years to come because you have to have a job interview. You even have mm-hmm. to um, go to your college orientation and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I just think the smartphone generation is just less likely to have a face-to-face interaction with friends, which I also think is is critical for mental health and building social skills. Having friends is critical for mental health and building social skills? Yeah. Yeah, I think them having that face-to-face interaction with their Mm -hmm. friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe that is... um, critical, you know, for mental health and building social skills. So it would give them positive mental health mm-hmm. mentally if they were able to interact better, which okay. they don't. But that's something that we strive in the organization. That's why you read the book. You come back and discuss the book, and they have to interact with people they don't know because that's what you have to do in the real world. That's the truth. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So we, we got a little background of, you know, how you're choosing to handle, you know, um, behaviors and help your daughter process, you know, her 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 thoughts and things of that nature. We also mm-hmm. got into the sensitivity of today's generation due to the lack or the absence of a, a one-on-one, one-on-one encounter. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to move into um, your one-on-one encounters. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know you went back to your mom after you mm-hmm. left your first husband. And correct me if I'm wrong, he's still alive or he's not alive, right? No, he's not alive. No. Okay. All right. So uh, and you don't have any children with him? Yes, I do. The one, my youngest. The youngest. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So you move into your mother's house with your daughters and... Um, we talked about the different things that you did. You were there. You stayed up. You got out. I want you to tell me about your thoughts on relationship and love from the time you left to the time you met your husband. Oh, goodness. Uh, how I think about it now or how I thought about it then? Then and now. Okay. Well, then I thought love was someone uh, providing material things. Mm-hmm. That is what I felt love was for me at that time. What I think love is now is I look at it as if that person is there for you to be emotionally supportive, um, if you're sick, if you know, how would they treat you if you lost your mother or father or your mm-hmm. child? That's what I consider love to be. Um, it's not about 
the money because when the money goes away or material things go away, how are you two going to interact? If versus now, if you are mentally or emotionally connected to, to someone who and you are in love with them and you all can lose everything as long as you all can pray mm-hmm. and build you can build back up everything that you that you lost because everything right. is replaceable. Everything is okay. replaceable. Yeah. Um okay. So you had a different understanding. What brought about the the understanding you have, like when did that change? Because your high school boyfriend gave you what you wanted, and then mm-hmm. you had a husband who, you know, really set you up or mm-hmm. helped set you up well. And you know, not to say that you don't have a husband now that sets you up well, but you understand what true love is. What was the turning point to help you say, okay, wait a minute, I gotta, you know, I gotta come away from the idea of material things representing love. When I, um, after the separation, I moved to my apartment and I had a sense of peace, even though I was in an apar- a two-bedroom apartment versus a four-bedroom house. Oh. And when I realized I had that sense of peace, it was, that mm. was like so I, what Oprah said, that aha moment. <laughs> mm. Mm. That was my aha moment that mm. it's not about mm. material things. So at mm-hmm. this time, I'm like 31, and it took me to 31 to, to figure that out. Um, wow. So I was, yeah, that that was what it was. It was like, it's peaceful here. We don't have mm-hmm. everything that I had before, but mm-hmm. I'm at peace. It's no arguing. It's no breaking stuff. It's not, mm-hmm. you, know, you, don't, it's, you know, you never know when somebody's going to have a tantrum. Or I don't have to mm. fake when I go to the family dinner, like, everything is okay. I'll just go with the girls mm. and we have a good time and come back to the apartment and we can play board mm-hmm. games or we can watch TV. Mm. It was that sense of peace. Okay. So most people would look at you leaving your home and losing your car, mm-hmm. what have you, however, you know, he took it, what have you. Most people mm-hmm. would say that's a downgrade, but what you're saying is that, it was an upgrade because it was you got something in return that you couldn't buy. Right, that's right. And you can okay. never, you can never buy peace. You have a sense of peace. You can go any route you want to go in life. That's how I feel. Mm. But you have to be peaceful with yourself. And that's what also sticks out to me. It was you and the girls in your new place, and you mm-hmm. have peace. But I noticed that when you left your husband, you took the time, um, whether you knew it or not, or were fully aware of what you were doing, and you took the time to build yourself up again, to invest in some self-love, some mm-hmm. self-nourishment, some, mm-hmm. you know, value of self. Um, and I didn't know that. I did not know what I was doing. What mm-hmm. I did was this is when the part, like I said, I started getting in touch with praying, and I always asked God during that time to guide me, and that was mm-hmm. always my prayer because when I left him, I was working. I think I was working contingent, and then as soon as I left, they offered me a full-time position. So everything what? was falling into place. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. was falling into place. So I always, like I said, I waited a whole year mm-hmm. to decide if I was going to file for divorce. But through okay. that year, I didn't realize, now I look back on it, I didn't realize through that year how I, I was growing. 
And mm. I needed that. Like I said, that peace made me happy. Mm. So mm. <laughs> I didn't even know how I was working on myself. My, my, my. But I know I used to pray every single day, every day. Um, mm. I fast. I fast during Lent like I'm fasting now, but I always fast during Lent every year Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. for anything that I'm planning on working on or people I collaborate with. um, That's something I've been doing since then to now. Okay. So that's where I said I was growing. And then you just, like I said, you look back on it and I'm like, oh, yes, but that's when I say God keeps us and he guides us. Yes, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so is it safe? How did you feel about being single? Because, you know, most oh, people yeah. have a complex about that. I didn't even care. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care. I didn't care at that time. Um, I really didn't start dating mm-hmm. until after I purchased my home. And so I didn't purchase my home till like, 32 because I stayed in an apartment for a year. I purchased mm-hmm. my home when I was 32. Um, and then I would go out, but I've always had a rule. Couldn't no man come to my house. Either okay. I meet you at your house or I meet you someplace else. I always I have always protected my home because I said, one, I have daughters. Mm-hmm. Two, um, I never want the police at my house, no domestic violence, none of that. You, I don't, you don't need to come over period. So I had a shield protection. I would date. I would meet someone. We would go get a drink or whatever, dinner. But I was coming back home. Okay. So I had very strict dating rules. Okay. Oh, okay. And so um, you bought your house. We're going to have to have another talk about that Mm -hmm. because you're a single woman, as they say, which I don't mm-hmm. like that word, but, you know, uh, you're a quote-unquote single woman with two daughters. You're moving from one mind of thought to another, and then you buy a house mm-hmm. in a year because you in know that's, that's not a lot of people's story. So we're going to have to come back to that. Oh, yeah. What mm-hmm. <laughs> a love topic. But, um, mm-hmm. okay, so no men in the house, you, you know, at your house, you're dating this, that, and the other, and then how far after you bought the house did you meet your husband? When I turned 35, when I turned 35. Okay, so from 32 to 35, you dated, mm-hmm. and then you met him. Okay. Right. So um, by the time you were 35, were you ready to be married again? Yes. I knew at 35 I was dating for marriage only. So okay. if I would date somebody and it was going left, I cut you mm-hmm. off because I was dating for potential, uh, the potential to get to the next level. I was, I don't like being single per se, as they say mm-hmm. the word is. Um, I prefer to be married. So okay. I felt that, no, I'm not going to be 35 just dating all these random people. Mm-hmm. So if it didn't work out, then I cut it off. Okay, well, it was nice on you. That's it. Okay. Okay. And tell me about the time you met your husband. Um, the first time. I, okay. Well, that's, that's, this is really funny. I had a 35th birthday party. 
Mm-hmm. And I invite I invited my friends and coworkers. Um, you threw your own first. party. Yeah, threw my own party too. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I yeah, I threw my own party, mm-hmm. and one of my coworkers, which I knew her prior to us working together, because our parents were friends. Mm-hmm. So she asked me. She was like, um, "I'm gonna bring two of my cousins with me." I was like, "Okay, well, it's at a club, so it's no big deal. It's room, so." So mm-hmm. she brought him, and she brought her female cousin, too. But mm-hmm. she brought him, and I didn't know who he was because I had, like I said, all my friends and coworkers and family there. Mm-hmm. Um, she introduced us, but after the party, everybody kept telling me. How, well, I did dance with him, cause, but I danced with a couple people. I danced with mm-hmm. my cousin, so it didn't make a difference. That's why I said right. it wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. It was my birthday. Right. It was about you and what you wanted to do. Right. Mm -hmm. It's about what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So um, at this time, after the party, me and her talked, and I think I thanked everybody for coming or whatever because I saw her at work. And she was like, oh, yeah, my cousin asked questions about you. And I said, well, who is he? So my best friend, and they was like, oh, he was trying, he was looking at you all night. So I'm like, well, who is this guy? So Mm -hmm. I was curious to, because I didn't pay him a lot of attention, I needed to see him again. Oh, okay, okay. Because yeah. like mm-hmm. I said, I was communicating with everybody, so I really didn't have a vivid imagination of who he, what he looked like mm-hmm. or anything like that. So after talking to his cousin at work, she was like, well, I give him your, she said, hey, I can give you his number. I said, oh, no, I don't call men. You can have mm-hmm. him call me. Because that was me putting the ball in his court. I don't, I'm not about mm-hmm. to do all that. That's not how I date. So he did okay. call me. Mm-hmm. And I can't really remember how the call went per se, but I know we started talking on the phone mm-hmm. very often. And okay. then he asked me out because his work schedule at the time was afternoons. And of course, my work schedule was midnight. So we could never plan really too much unless we went for breakfast because mm-hmm. he had to be at work at 3 and I was getting off in the morning So unless I was tired. So we ended mm-hmm. up going to like breakfast or brunch was like our first date. And then I think everything else from there was history. I couldn't get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, were you trying? No, I didn't because we just couldn't. It was like a natural thing and then we had a lot of things in common. He had two children. He's been divorced. I was divorced. I had two kids. So we just had a lot in common. Um, okay. We both, neither one of us work regular schedules. <laughs> so right. a lot of people can't relate to that. Yeah, um, that'd be all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when did you know? This this is him. Oh wow! Uh, I say a year later. A year later, and I think it was because we took the time to get to know each other mentally and emotionally, and that's coming from all the different talks and communication talks and mm-hmm. talking about our likes and dislikes. Um, okay, that's where I think that's where that came into. Wow. Okay. So a year later, and uh, what did 
What made you know that he was the right one? I know you're looking for something different at the, at this point in your life. Um, he was very he's very sentimental person. He's a sentimental person. I must say he's a charmer too, but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> he's very sentimental and he's emotional. Like I said, I kept looking for that sentimental, emotional person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I definitely wanted somebody who liked to travel because I love to travel. Okay. So that was like a plus. But like I said, he was always easy to talk to. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Um, so he matched up with your piece. Is it safe to say that? Yes. Yes. It's okay. All right. And, and you know, apparently the others did not. Um, yeah. So, uh, okay. Um, now, how did he propose? And I'm asking not so we can put this in the book, but just so okay. that we can help bring certain things to the attention of people like to say, this is what you want to look for or identify with. Okay, uh, let's see here. It was, I was asleep, and like I said, we work crazy hours. So mm-hmm. I was asleep, and I'm going to just say I woke up, and I had a ring on my finger. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Okay. So I woke up for work, because I have, mm-hmm. at that time, I used to have to be at work at 11 p.m., so... I don't know if he was off. I can't even remember exactly what our work schedule was, but I know I woke up for work that evening to go to work. So I woke up about 9, so I lay down. I usually lay down before I go to work, but between, I sleep between 6 and 9. So, yeah, I had a ring on my finger when I woke up at 9 o'clock. Okay. And <laughs> what did you say? What, 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 what I was happened? In total, I was in total shock. Like, what? And he oh was definitely, he went into telling me that he think it was time that he wanted to be with me for the rest of his life. And it went on from there. I can't, I was just really in shock. I wasn't mm. prepared mm. for it at all. We had talked about it, but it wasn't like it was a drawn out conversation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Okay. And, um, okay, so you guys decide, or he decided he was going to marry you. <laughs> right, he decided. Right, he decided. And you decided you would go along with his plan. Um, right. He even picked a date. <laughs> oh, he was so serious. Now, how far away was the date from that day of the time um, you guys were married? We got engaged in January, and we got married on 4-4, so it was April. Okay. Okay. So he, I love this. You know, I always, I do, I really do. I always tell anybody, they said, well, you know, um, you know, I put him out because he was cheating, or I put mm-hmm. him out because he wouldn't get a job. You know, should I take him back? He's ready to come back. Well, did he get a job? Right. That's because, right. Any man, I keep telling people, they know what they want. It don't yes. take long. They know because what their they action, want. They're action mm-hmm. people. 
and we yes, are emotional, are. and they're mm. about action. And I say that to to women all the time. Men are about action. Stop mm-hmm. telling me what he say he gonna do. What did oh, he Lord. do? Okay, so let's let's just dive into that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the difference between men and women. You know, men being action people. Why why do you think them wired to operate that way versus how we're wired, even if it's um, just psychology. I just, I don't know, some of it is biblical, but they are hunters. Um, we are nurturers. Okay. Um, that's why it, I forgot how the, the verse goes, but a man who finds a good wife finds a good thing. Right, right, right. They, and, and if you listen, read that, find, he finds. Not we find them, and then right. it happens. Uh, but that goes into the part of making them the head of the household, the protector, the provider, and so on. But I think a lot of that is that's just how they're wired. They know what they want to do. Mm-hmm. They, they, I, I really believe they know if they want to be with you from the first time they, they're around you. I do, too. <laughs> I absolutely do. They know what they want to do. They start yeah. saving. They start planning. They start, you know, maybe we, you should get a passport. Well, he's mm-hmm. not asking that for nothing. Like, you right. know, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So after a year of me knowing him, he was in his best friend's wedding, and I didn't even know nothing about it. He was like, um, I want you to go to this wedding cruise with me because all my friends and my college friends, they'll be there. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, Okay. So, you know, like you just said, he's asking for the passport for a reason. So he mm-hmm. always showed the initiative to do mm-hmm. and what it was. And that and whatever he said he's going to do, and he's still the same way, is what he does. My, my, my. Oh, come on here, ladies. They need this. They need this <laughs> bit of information. On a side note, I have a, a wise and waiting um uh, group, we're mm-hmm. going to have to have you on a call. I'm just putting that oh, out there okay. so we don't forget. Okay. We're going to have okay. to have you on a call so you can tell them this story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, you guys planned the wedding. How was mm-hmm. it coming together with the families? Like, are there anything that set an alarm off with his family members? Yes, it is, and that's my second book I want to write called the. Oh, and I already have a title for it called the Second Wife. Okay, okay, <laughs> all right. Okay. So that's like a whole nother book. Um, okay, which I'm going to do after this one. Uh-huh. Um, so you'll know all about that one because you're gonna have to help <laughs> me with that one too. Okay, <laughs> not a problem. Yeah, not a problem. All right, so we'll go over that now with this great man. Bless him. Mm-hmm. Is there anything mental health-wise that you, you know, having noticed that having gone to a place of peace and understanding, you know, your yourself, the power, you know, within yourself and praying, is there anything that you noticed about him that was, you know, a mental health issue to say, okay, this way of thinking or this way of processing, you, any of that? You mean like his personality-wise? Just either I, things he did, maybe ways of thinking, um, ways of dealing with things. And, you know, sometimes they're brought up a certain kind of way. And, you know, you like, you don't even know that you were brought up by a narcissist. 
Yeah, I think that, and I noticed this from his dad, too, they shut down when they're angry. So I would say he has that shut down part, too. Like, if it's a big situation, he he doesn't, he doesn't like conflict. So he shuts down and just, I guess, call, they call themselves throwing it under the rug type thing. Okay. Now, because we don't have to necessarily put him in the book, but we, you know, okay. we want to bring the principle out so that people can just grab the information without, you know, saying, mm-hmm. talking about him. Um, why do you think, first off, is shutting down healthy or unhealthy? I think it's unhealthy because it's still going to resurface. If you don't deal with a situation, it's going to resurface. And that's what I always say. If you have a problem, it's going to always come back to you until you learn the lesson. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah, so I think it's a very unhealthy thing. Okay. All right. And are there any natural physical effects on the body that come from shutting down? Stress. Um, Mm -hmm. I believe it's stress because even though you're shutting down, it's still in your mind. Um, that's just like a person who have an argument, and then they'll come back and say, well, I should have said such and such during the argument. That means that you processed it, you're thinking about it. So while you're doing all that, you could have just had a conversation about it. Mm. Mm. But when you okay. shut down, you're still keeping in all of that anger and your feelings. Those things need to be released. Okay. That's when I and I also I think I mentioned to you last week that I believe crying is a detox when I think like my mother, she holds in her feelings. So you have to really if she's holding in all those feelings, she's holding in a lot from a lot of years since she doesn't cry unless she cries privately. Mhm. Which nobody knows. Right. Um, okay. All right. So, um, no you know, holding in. Um and he said he and his father um, do that. So um, mm-hmm. because they don't like conflict. Is conflict healthy or unhealthy? As long as it's healthy conflict. What's now, the difference? Name, name calling is not healthy conflict during our mm-hmm. argument. But you voicing your opinion, I'm voicing my opinion, and we come to we agree to disagree, I think mm-hmm. that's healthy because we are all different and we all have different opinions. So we're not going to agree on everything. All right. Um, I don't know why people don't understand that from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So um, is there, why why do we look at it so negative, negatively conflict and confrontation? We just, why do we always immediately assume it's going to be hostile or, what is it about it that we try to avoid as people? I think that we don't know how to argue healthy, the healthy way. Yeah, um, yeah. You have to know how to argue the healthy way. One key is listening. You can't over-talk a person when they're talking because I always tell people you have two ears and one mouth. So you have to listen if you're going to argue in a healthy way. Um, you have not you have to even when the person is talking, you shouldn't be thinking about what you're going to how you're going to respond. You need to take mm-hmm. in what they said, mm-hmm. and then the person who said it 
sometimes need to ask that person, well, what did you hear? Because we all comprehend everything differently. Mm. So even though you said something to them, they may take it a different way. Mm -hmm. So that's a big factor, too. We don't know how to argue the healthy way. Uh, Okay. And people are afraid of that because it turns into something where, like I said, then you go into the name calling and saying things that you will regret. Mm-hmm. And those things are not healthy at all. Okay. So is I'm guessing it's safe to say that the reason why people want to avoid conflict and confrontation is because it's always related to the name calling. Mm-hmm. The name the, calling. Or a lot of people get offended just, you know, from the cuss words alone when someone's talking. Um, yeah. Or mm-hmm. bringing up old stuff. That's not a healthy way to argue. Why are we bringing up stuff that happened six years ago when we're talking about the toothpaste today? Right, <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. man. Um, which is a signal that I thought you were over it, but you're, you're not really, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I thought we moved on or we progressed, but not really. Okay. Right. All right. Because I do so, believe that we bring up things that we're not over. When you stop mm-hmm. talking about it, you have some type of sense of closure with it. Mm. Okay. All right. So we have to be taught how to argue. How to argue and how to forgive. Because okay. if the person apologizes and if you, just like a marriage, if they stay in the marriage and they say he forgive her or forgive him for whatever the issue is, Mm-hmm. If you're going to stay there, that means you're accepting or you're going to forgive what happened. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're forgiving it, why are you bringing it up every time you all have a minor argument? Mm-hmm. That means to me that you haven't healed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. My. So if they haven't healed, should would you recommend that they stay in a a relationship? Let's say it is marriage and, Mm -hmm. you know, the wife or the husband hasn't healed and the thing keeps coming up, you know, every time they get into an argument, they can get into an argument about water, you know, Mm -hmm. but that that particular thing is coming up. Um, What do you have to say to that idea or that, you know, depiction? Does it mean that Uh it's not going to work? Is it an indication that there needs to be some other kind of work going on? Like, is there a need for therapy? Uh, I do type think of that, yeah, I do think that married couples throughout the marriage need to go to workshops. Um, mm-hmm. My husband and I go to workshops that our church offers. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, read the same books. We're dealing with mm-hmm. relationships. Um, and then we'll have a discussion about it. We'll even watch shows um, pertaining to relationships. I think that helps the marriage, per se. Mm-hmm. But also forgiveness, as is always preached to us, is for the individual, not for the other person. Right, right. So if you're going to forgive them, you really got to forgive them within yourself. You got to forgive the situation for your own inner peace. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Now, how does forgiveness make one feel better, you know, internally? How, how is it that forgiveness is for the person who's been offended? I uh, sense a peace, of course. Um, you're not harboring over that pain anymore. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're carrying around a lot of a dead weight with you with that pain inside. Mm. Okay. And we that is that's poisonous. You don't need to carry that because we have so much going on on the everyday life. Mm-hmm. Why is it poisonous? Um, because it can make you bitter. It allows you to hold grudges. Mm-hmm. And to me, if you're living with someone in the household together, that's supposed to be your your teammate. You all are on the same team. How can you live with that person, the person you're sleeping with, the person you're eating with, the person that you're doing your finances with, with a grudge when we have all this evil in the world? When you come home, I think I think of my home as my sanctuary. So yeah. it's like we have to have some type of peace. Yes, me and my husband are going to argue, but mm-hmm. this is my this is my partner. Mm-hmm. So I have to work with him through everything because at the end of the day, if he gets sick, they're going to call me. Right. If if he messed up something financially, I messed up financially. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. So we have to have a place of refuge, mm-hmm. and that should be in the home and with the people who are in the home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um Forgiveness. You talked about people being bitter and holding grudges. Um, does that affect us physically in any way? Yeah, because I think stress affects that, that goes into the stress part where you gain mm. weight. Um, stress causes um, different illnesses like diabetes and hypertension because if you upset, you can get a headache and they're running up your blood pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I I think definitely it caused health issues. I definitely like relation of the unseen to the seen. This mm-hmm. is just I think I've read I 16 years off your life. Um, you know, not only if that's true, but, um, you know, the, that amount of years or what have you. But I definitely want to make sure that we help people to understand that this internal stuff and ex- external stuff is definitely, you know, connected and mm-hmm. related. Um, walk me through what forgiveness looks like versus forgiveness. What it looks like versus, I didn't hear the last part. What it versus what? Let's just start with forgiveness. Walk me through what that looks like from start to finish. Um, one, I think that what well, when I have to forgive someone, I pray about it first. Um, so after I pray about it, um, I have to ask myself: Is this something that I can deal with? After you asking yourself if it's something that you can deal with, then you have to figure out what steps you want to go through to 
to deal with the situation. Uh, and when you say deal with, you mean is this something that I can process and get through in right. order to forgive the person? Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. right. Uh, because everybody have what word do I want to use? Your, you know what your tolerance is, your tolerance level for whatever mm-hmm. issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody can't forgive F- infidelity. Everybody can't forgive a gambler or um, a liar. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, everybody have their, like I said, their, their tolerance level. So that's okay. where I say the part about dealing with, you have to ask yourself, is that something you can look at that person every day still and say, okay, yeah, I'm good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh! This is gonna be so good for the people because too, yeah. you, know, you know, even though a person, some people commit fidelity, infidelity, and have other children outside the relationship. So you gotta see: Are you gonna be able to look at that baby and that child mm. come over because that's part of that person? All right, all right. And you deal with that. Myself, mm-hmm. no, I can't. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just, but but you know, but you some people can, so that's why right. I say it's all about the individual's tolerance level, and mm-hmm. then after you realize what your tolerance level is, then at that point, like I said, I always say you still need to pray about every situation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when you can go into the that's when you can go into the forgiveness process. Okay, so that has also to be about mm-hmm. also the not repeating over and over. Oh my my my! So the thing about it is, if this baby's coming over, you can't say stuff like, "Oh, your other baby coming over," you know, <laughs> the tone. <laughs> you know, if that's what you accept, you gotta buy that child Christmas presents when you buy the other kids Christmas presents. But you right, have to realize right. if that's something that you can do because the child didn't have to be here. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. This is so good. Okay. So either way, um, it, you have to have a self-evaluation. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine you can't have a self-evaluation without really having the practice of being honest with yourself and knowing you know yourself. You can have time and I'm asking um Oh, hello. I'm sorry. Hello. Okay. Yeah. I got you now. Okay. I oh, think okay. you went out for a minute. Yeah, you went out oh. for a second. Okay. So is it that um, you know, in order for a person to understand whether or not they can handle a thing, it, um, you know, they have to do a self-evaluation. And in order to do a self-evaluation, they, they have to know themselves quite well. Exactly. So you asking, have to know yourself. Okay. Yes. All right. That's right. And does that come with a long time? I think that comes with working on yourself as an individual, which a lot of us have not done. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people go through the motion, and that's the part where we were talking about me learning myself. Mm-hmm. I think you need to spend so much time with your self-care. So that's the part where I go into the self-care. I think you need a lot of time with self-care because you need to know who yourself is as an individual to even 
and help somebody else. You can't pour from an empty cup. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So um, you're not going to be able to fully evaluate uh, how you feel or what you're really thinking until you you have participated in your own, you know, growth. Right. And I think you have to love yourself first. You can't be in love with somebody else unless you are in love with yourself. So then when you once you're in love with yourself, then you know what you, your tolerance level is. Okay. That's you know, okay. to me because I'm like, oh, no, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm being on my means, bruh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Now walk me through what unforgiveness looks like. Unforgiveness? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, goodness. Bitterness, grudges. Um, that's where you can go into. Well, I'll just start off. You mm-hmm. are bitter. You're angry all the time. Um, revengeful. Mm-hmm. Plotting to how to get the person back all the time. Oh. Um, being petty. Saying mm-hmm. things to start arguments. Um like I bringing up old stuff, the old whatever you're angry about every time you even have a conversation. Um, even if that person is in your sight, you feel a sense of uncomfortable, you're uncomfortable, or mm. you could be nauseous. That goes into your your uh, physical health. You could be mm. nauseous because you're not happy. Um, mm. It gets, if you're married, it's, it's a breakdown. It's no talking in the household and which spills over to affecting the children because mm-hmm. they see there's no love and communication between you all, so mm-hmm. everybody's distant. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not working together. Mm. Uh, oh, my goodness, unforgiveness is deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, you're not working together. So then when you're not working together, you're not growing, and when you're not growing, you're not prospering. Um, to me, you're not when you're not praying. Then how are you have a, how does your marriage have a connection with God when He's mm. supposed to be the center of our marriages? Yeah. Um, so all of those things from just the top of my head, yeah, those are important with the okay. Um, forgiveness. Okay. Our key identifier is that somebody isn't feeling the. Mm-hmm. Um, what if they never move? What do you say? Let's just say, you know, it is a woman who, Mm -hmm. you know, you cheated on me, you went out there, you had a baby on me. And, you know, they can't get past it. What um, advice would you give to them? Even if the marriage is over, whatever you're feeling is still there. <clears throat> so what does uh-huh. that say about their mental health, their emotional intelligence and their emotional um, process? And she's left him, so she's gone. She left yeah, him, she's, but she's still har- mm-hmm. harboring it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She needs to do a self-evaluation for herself because okay. that's where I would say God doesn't want you to live in bondage. Even though you're no longer with that person, you're still living in bondage because mm-hmm. you still have all this animosity towards the situation and towards him. 
Okay. If you're going to divorce that person, you're supposed to let it go all the way. Um, that's what divorce is. Divorce is supposed to separate you. It parts you. You're, you're single again. Mm-hmm. And if you, like I said, if you're that angry, that's when I say they need to do that self-care. Uh, okay. Exercise to get rid of the stress level. Mm-hmm. Eat better. Mm-hmm. Eat better to get rid of, you know, make yourself healthier. Um, mm-hmm. Even though we work, you can always um, put in your budget for yourself to do something for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we have bills all the time anyway. All the or time, you, and they're not going the anywhere. Nowhere. So um, those are the things that if, because I know a lot of women. I have a friend who mm-hmm. still talks about her ex, and they've been divorced five years. Oh, but those are my. the things that I encouraged her to do. Um, but like I said, exercise really gets rid of a lot of stress. Cause you tired yeah. after that. <laughs> you tired. <laughs> We're gonna really say this for the book. We also wanna because that's another thing that you know they say black women don't really do. Um, we're not prone or keen on exercising, and mm-hmm. I know it's going beyond just the black um, community. It's gonna go to every mm-hmm. community, but. Um, for just for the book's sake, so that I have it here, we really want to talk about exercising and endorphins. Mm-hmm. Because we think that, okay, well, this is common knowledge. People should know this. But there are a lot of people who only read it from your book. They'll never know it until, or they'll never understand it, or it'll never mm-hmm. make sense to them until they get their hands on your book. So some of the things might seem elementary to be mm-hmm. in the book to you but or to me or to somebody else, but for the p- person, like, I didn't even know that's what exercise did, then, mm-hmm. you know, we want to make sure we include that. Um, there were so many things that you talked about. I'm going to have to really dissect this call. I'm okay. hoping that our next call won't necessarily be everything about this call, out there because you said so much and we really need to break that down so that, you know, the meat is nice and, you know, spiced and chewed for the people um, okay. so they can just eat it up. So I definitely want to make sure we um, get into and touched on um, the video with the video. Uh-huh. You did? Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. Thank you so much. All right. No problem. Mondays after two. I don't have Mondays after two available right now. Okay. So what other okay. day um, did you have after two? And see exactly. Um, but right now, that's. Because whatever, mm-hmm. well, I was gonna sorry, but whatever day you have um, after two is good for me. Okay, I'm gonna look to see what it is, you know, that we're doing. I'm hoping that I'm hoping I don't, I don't, you know, that I can have something for tomorrow. But I'll, I'll let you know for sure. Okay, 
All right. Okay. Do you have any other questions for me? Um, no. Oh, I did have one question about the book cover. You know, when you pull up fiber, it's all kinds of choices. Oh, <laughs> so, gosh. Yeah. I didn't know if I should pick someone who would create a creative space book cover. And and if they do, if I do pick that person, what about the back of the book? Am I just should only be concerned about the front of the book for advertising right now? No. they. You want to get somebody that's going to make the cover. The, I'm mm-hmm. sorry the front cover, the back cover, and the spine. And okay. I'll send this to you via email because they not only need to send you those files individually, but they need to put it together all as one whole piece for Create Space as well. Okay. So um, you want the front cover, the spine, and the back cover. Now the back cover, they're going to ask you for the verbiage that you want on that back cover. Okay. So, if you want, you know, to type something up and have me look over it or anything of that nature, you know, I can do that. Or if you want me to come up with something, you know, and or we do it together, whatever you want to do, you let me know. But they are well, going to ask for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was thinking about putting, is it good to put your, your picture on the back? I don't want to put it on the front, but on the back. Mm-hmm. Should I add the bio that I sent you? with a photograph? Yeah, we can do that. It will have to be shortened, though. Okay, okay. So okay. I would like for you to, the the bio I sent you, if you could tell me how short or what you think I need to take out. Or Okay. All right, so I'll go over that. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll go over that and I'll send you my synopsis. It's going to be very short from what you sent me because, again, I'm going to recommend that your book be a six by nine um, okay. because that's that's the minimum industry standard. You know, whatever you want to go to, like, you feel, you want to show them, you know, the industry is not just a money maker, you know, it's a purpose more than anything, mm-hmm. although they're okay. money makers. But um, I, I'm going to, you know, I'll create a synopsis and then I'll okay. send it to you. And you let me know what you okay. want to do. Okay. Um, you look, you're the expert, so that's why I said I just I said I wasn't gonna touch it. It was, so many popped up, so I didn't know which one to pick because everybody was offering when you put Ooh. a book cover. Mm. So I was like, yeah. oh no, I'll wait to talk to her next week, and then oh, I'll go boy. from there. <laughs> it is something special. I do have one of my clients. She got an awesome book cover, and I'm I'm finishing up her book uh, shortly. I'm going to mm-hmm. ask her, because I, I like mine, but I think you need something different. You know, I, I told them I told them what I wanted, but I think you need something different. I'm going to ask her to send me the link to her person, and then I'll forward that to you. And just good, look good. and see if you That'd like be better done. Okay. Because I really want the book cover to, to grab the, the audience's attention, like okay. just the cover alone mm-hmm. type thing. So I need a good graphic designer. That's what I want. Okay. All yeah. right. And if you don't like anybody on uh, Fiverr, mm-hmm. do you know on Candace Kilgore? Candace Kilgore? No, I don't know her. I'm going to, let me see. I'm going to connect you to Candace Kilgore. It might okay. be a little bit more uh, expensive, but she's done covers for, I don't know if you know who Brandy Butler is and 
Oh, that sounds so familiar. They're all on Facebook. I met them all on Facebook. But okay. um, I'm going to suggest you two as friends. And then um, just look at her. She has a website. Just look at it and just see mm-hmm. what you think, okay? And you said Candace? Candace Kilgore, uh, K-I-L-G-O-R-E. Okay, yeah, I'll check it out. And then okay. I'll, and then, but you can still send me the link, but I'll definitely look them up. Okay, and then I'm going to suggest you two as friends, okay? Okay, thank you so much. And oh, um, you can let me know if you can talk tomorrow because I am available. Um, okay, good. I hope so. I'm 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 gonna try and let you know first thing tomorrow. Okay. okay. All right. Thanks a lot. You're All welcome, right. Tamla. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye.